This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Calculine. The Calculine is a free tool you can get by simply going to calculine.com. That's C-A-L-C-U-L-I-E-N.com, calculine.com. And it's a free tool that allows you to easily calculate the 45 and 90 day deadlines for notice to owners, liens, and bond claims. No more counting on your fingers to figure out when your notice to owner deadline is or when your lien deadline is. Just go to calculine.com, put in your information, and we'll send one to you for free in the mail. You'll get it in a few days. My name is Alex Barthet. I am a board certified construction attorney here in Florida. And today we're going to talk about what happens after you record a lien? How do you actually turn that into getting paid? So let's get started. If you have any questions, you can submit them in the GoToWebinar chat box, which should be on your screen. Um, make sure that when you submit any questions, you do not include um, any names of people or companies. We'll go ahead and answer all the questions at the end. So let's go through and discuss what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about the basics. What is a lien and how does it work? We'll talk about what happens, what actually happens after you record a lien. And then the most important part is what do you do to get paid? And then we'll talk about some scenarios that you may run into, such as someone threatening to bond off your lien. What happens if you get a notice of contest of lien? And what about a 20-day summons? And as I said, we'll answer any questions at the end of the presentation. Okay, so what is a lien? A lien is an encumbrance on real property. Um, it creates a cloud on the title. And what that does for you is that it prevents the owner of the property from selling the property or refinancing the property um, so long as your lien is on the property. It's usually a technical defense, a technical default, sorry, under most mortgages. Meaning if you, if you record a lien on someone's property and they have a mortgage, that mortgage, when they signed it, um, they, the borrower, owner, agreed with the lender that they would not let, let anyone put a lien on the property. Um, so the moment you put a lien on the property, it's a technical default on their mortgage. Um, the other, thing that it may do is if you're a sub or a supplier is that if you put a lien on a project, there's probably provisions in the prime contract, the contract between the owner and the contractor that says you contractor agree not to let any liens be put on the property. So your lien, when you record it, starts to create a series of problems for the owner and potentially the prime contractor, which quite frankly is what you want to do. Um, and the moment you put that lien on, it could cause the owner, the lender, or the contractor from funding. So sometimes we see suppliers who put a lien on a project, and then that then the contractor says to the subcontractor who has a contract with the supplier, well, until you take care of that lien, I'm not paying you anymore. So, um, so the lien is a potentially very powerful tool. So what happens after you lien? Well, by itself, nothing. You know, you take a this lien, you bring it to the clerk's office, they record it, and it sits in the public record. And while it can create problems for some people, 
The reality is, is that unless you do something or the act of the lien itself having been put on the property bothers someone enough, um, nothing is going to happen by itself. So how do you get paid? What, what do you have to do? You know, the lien is step one of a multi-step process to secure your rights to be paid. Now, sometimes I get calls from people and they say, well, I put a lien on the property and they haven't paid me yet. So what good is this? It, it is a very powerful tool as long as you understand how it works and its limitations. So that lien, so long as you comply with the notice requirements at the beginning of the job and then the lien requirements at the end, you have a secured interest in the property. Um, it puts you ahead of a lot of other potential creditors. Um, and, and having that lien is critical because you are likely one of the first people to be paid. So if there are lots of people that are owed money, the people that typically get paid first are those that have a lien. Um, but again, as I told you, it's just the start of the process. It is up to you to enforce your lien through a civil action known as a foreclosure. Foreclosure is a lawsuit that you have to bring where you name the owner of the property and you say, I have a lien on the property, I'm owed $100,000, you need to pay me, and if you don't pay me, I am gonna sell your property, and if there's any equity in the property, then I will get that equity, the first, in my example, $100,000, so that I am paid. Now, understand that there is no silver bullet. The foreclosure process is just like any other legal action. So it is potentially costly and time consuming. Now, you have one year from the recording date of that lien to file suit to foreclose on your lien. That is the outside deadline to file suit. Some, some people call me and they say, well, Alex, I'm coming up to the year. Can I just re-record the lien? No. Your lien is good for one year, and the only way that it can be extended um, and last longer than the year is if you file that lawsuit within the year. If you choose not to, then your lien is gone. And if you decide that you're going to go ahead and lien the job anyways, again, effectively re-lien the job, not only is your first lien no good anymore because the, the time has passed, but more importantly, your second lien is probably a fraudulent lien and now could expose you to legal penalties. So over the last 25 years of doing this work, I have come to learn a few things um, about what seems to work better than other things. And I like to call it the 60-60 rule. I strongly encourage you that when you get to about day 60 from your last work, that's when you start the process of recording your lien. As you know, you have up to 90 days to record your lien from your last work. And you could record it while you're doing the, the job. You don't have to wait until you're done with the job to record the lien. So you could be showing up every day and you're not getting paid and you want to exert some leverage. You may decide to put a lien on as you're working. And that's fine. You're, you're, you're allowed to do that under the statute. What I see clients do that I find to be problematic is they wait until day 80, 85, 88, 
and that's when they start the lean process. Putting together a lean is a potentially time-consuming process, requires paperwork. You have to sign and notarize the document. It's got to then be uh, recorded in the clerk's office. All of that takes time. People are busy. People are on vacation. So if you're waiting to the last minute, you you run the risk of, of uh, missing that deadline. Um, so my advice is at about day 60 from your last work, that's when you're going to say, okay, it's been 60 days since we've last been on the job. We need to start the lean process. And you have effectively a, a, a leisurely 30 days to put it together and record it. I don't, again, I don't suggest that you wait until the end to even just record it. You should do it sooner if you haven't been paid. Remember, if someone is telling you, no, 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 please don't lean, we'll get you paid, you can always satisfy the lien after you've been paid. Um, it's a simple process. Um, so I would not wait too long after the 60 days to actually record the lien. So that's the first 60. The next 60 is for the 60 days after you have recorded the lien, you should do everything in your power to try to get paid. You should hassle your customer, you should call the owner, show up to people's offices, send them texts, phone calls, emails, whatever you have to do to get paid, that's what you should do on your own. We find that our most successful clients at collection have an aggressive process of getting paid after 60 days, the after 60 days from recording. So for the next two months after they record their lien, they are actively working to get paid. Uh, weekly phone calls and emails, you wanna be the squeaky wheel. That's who's gonna get paid first. Um, the clients that we see that have the lowest collection rates are the ones that record the lien and then do nothing. Um, so you wanna be aggressive at trying to collect. Um, now, once you uh, finish that 60 days, if you still haven't been paid, that's when you need to either submit it to a construction lawyer like me or Sunray who has a uh, construction uh, collection service to start the process of taking out of taking it out of your hands and actively handing it to uh, a professional who will look to try to get you paid. Um, the clients that we see that kind of wait, you know, four months, six months, nine months as we get closer to the year. And that's when they say, okay, well, I guess I better do something now. We see that uh, the ability to collect those debts much lower than those debts that are attempted to be collected much sooner in the lien process. And now you may have reasons, business reasons that you don't wanna pursue that debt and that's fine. So maybe you have five jobs with this customer. You've got one job that you had to lien um, and that's for $10,000 and you have four others and they're going great. And you may decide, you know what, I'm going to just leave that one alone. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to keep working. I have a good relationship. I don't, I'm not worried about getting paid. I can wait on that. And that's fine. So it doesn't mean that you have to abandon every business decision you make. It, it is though important to recognize uh, why you're deciding to wait versus waiting just for the sake of waiting and hoping that you get paid. So let's talk about three very specific situations that you may run into once you record a lien. So number one, my lien was bonded off. 
maybe they're going to threaten you that they're going to bond off the lien if, they, if you don't remove it yourself. In my experience, if someone is suggesting that, that uh, they're going to bond off your lien, you should be happy. And let me explain why. When you record a lien on a piece of property and you move forward with the foreclosure process, there's and you prevail, there's ultimately a sale of the property. At that public sale, you as the foreclosing party have an interest and the sale is happening because of you. So whatever amount you're owed that is determined by the court, you have that as a bid amount. So let's just take an example. Let's assume that there's a property, it's worth a million dollars and you have a $100,000 lien. You've prevailed and now they're gonna sell the property. Let's take the best case scenario where the property has no other mortgages, encumbrances, or liens. You're, it's only you. So there's gonna be a public sale. The initial bid is gonna be your amount, right? Because you're owed 100 grand. And now someone else shows up to the sale and they, they offer to pay 110,000. And maybe it goes up from there. It doesn't matter to you at that point. Whoever wins the sale is gonna take money to the clerk. The clerk is then gonna give you your 100,000 give the rest of the money to the owner of the property and then the owner of the property is going is going to now be whoever won at the sale the problem is well what if that million dollar piece of property has a nine hundred thousand dollar mortgage on it and it's partially constructed building it's a unleased uh you know office uh warehouse um it's a home and the you know it's hard to sell houses now so what happens if at the sale this million dollar property with a $900,000 mortgage you know the only people that show up to bid are willing to bid $500,000 um as long as they bid more than your lien amount that's great because then you'll get paid but if they don't bid beyond your lien amount so if we take my example it's uh, $900,000 mortgage. It's maybe worth a million dollars on its best day. No one else shows up to bid. Then that means you own the property. So you become the owner of the property, but it doesn't wipe out that mortgage that's ahead of you. You take the property subject to that mortgage, which means that while you can kick out the current owner, at some point, the mortgage company is going to come to you and foreclose your interest out of the property. So you've done all this work and now you're probably not going to get paid and you're not going to own the property because you're behind this mortgage. So going back to why bonding off the lien is good. Instead of having to foreclose on the property, if someone bonds off your lien, they're going to take either cash or a surety bond for roughly 150% of the amount of the lien. So if we go back to my example. If you have a $100,000 lien, in round numbers, they're going to put up $150,000 in the clerk's office with either cash or a surety bond. And the property now is no longer subject to your foreclosure. But you have cash. So if you win the case, you don't have to worry about selling the property to get paid. You have this money sitting in the clerk's office for you to get paid. Um, so it's a pot of money secured just for you. So if someone's willing to bond off your lien, I would say, sure, go ahead. Do it. That'll make me happy. The one caveat is that you should be prepared to fight if they bond it off. And the main reason is it's much easier and cheaper if someone wanted to deal with your lien to pick up the phone, give you a call and say, hey, I see your lien. Let's work it out rather than go through the time, effort and expense of bonding it off. 
So if they're going to do all of that to keep your property, you keep your lien off the property, they're not likely all that willing to pay you. Because if they were, they would have just tried to pay you. So we find that if someone is bonding off your lien, that you need to be prepared to fight. And our advice is if someone sends you a certificate of transfer, that's the legal device to transfer the lien to the bond, you should immediately commence litigation. There really is no in-between um, uh, because what's the point of waiting? They've bonded it off, so now there's no incentive for them. It's not pre preventing the property from being sold or being refinanced, so you should start litigation immediately when your lien is bonded off. So we've got two more to go through. Notice of contest of lien. What should you do if you get one? You have to file suit immediately to foreclose on your lien. I told you that the rule is you have to file a lawsuit within one year of the recording date of the claim of lien. The exception is if you receive this document, which is called the notice of contest of lien, it now reduces the time that you have to 60 days to file the lawsuit. So if you wait too long, past the, if you wait past the 60 days, you will lose your lien rights. This document, a notice of contest of lien, is mailed to you by the clerk. It has a stamp on it when the clerk recorded it and mailed it out. It's 60 days from that date when the clerk sends it for mailing. So you may receive it five days after they stamped it. So now you only have 55 days to file the lawsuit. There are no exceptions. If you do not file a lawsuit to foreclose on your lien within 60 days, you will automatically lose your lien rights. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. You only have one thing to do. Now, sometimes 60 days is not fast enough for an owner or contractor who wants to deal with your lien. They can send what's called a 20-day summons. So again, I told you you have to file suit within one year, but this 20-day summons now reduces the time you have to file suit to 20 days. You only have 20 days to file your lawsuit to foreclose on the lien. Um, so what do you have to do? You have to receive the uh, lawsuit, which by the way, will be served upon you by a process server or the sheriff. So the notice of contest, the 60 days, is in the mail, certified mail. The 20 day summons is someone's knocking on your door and they're handing you a civil action summons uh, forcing you to file a lawsuit to foreclose. So you have to file a separate action to foreclose on the lien, or in that same action, you have to file a counterclaim to foreclose on your lien. And there is no exception to this. If you wait past the 20 days, you will lose your lien rights. Your lien will automatically be considered extinguished. So we have a app that we just released that will help you calculate the notice to owner and lien deadlines. There's also a calculator similar to this on the Sunray website, but we uh, it has a few other interesting tools at the Lean Zone app. So if you point your camera at either the iPhone QR code on the left or the Android QR code on the right, it'll take you to that page to download the app um, and you can give it a try. If you like it, leave us a review. That would be very helpful. Um, Okay, great. Thank you very much, everyone, for taking the time. And again, as I said, if anybody has any questions, feel free to uh, email Diana at Sunray or me, Alex Barthet, uh, at the contact information that's on the screen.
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by MakeMeConditional.com. You sign lots of releases in order to get paid, and best practices suggest that you make every release conditioned on actually receiving that payment. How do you do that? By making the release conditional. Now, some releases are conditional when they're given to you, but in my experience, most are not. So you can make them conditional by adding conditional language. You can do that by handwriting it in every single time, or you can go to makemeconditional.com and we will provide for you for free a stamp that you can use that will stamp any release with conditional language so that you can simplify the process. So if you want your absolutely free Make Me Conditional stamp, just go to makemeconditional.com, fill in the information, and in a few days, you'll have your free stamp.